Welcome to the Retrospective Perspective. I want to thank you for tuning in and checking out what I have to say on pop culture and art and its debt to itself. Got in the Grooves is a series of episodes I plan to make periodically that analyze an album or other body of work born from an artist's spiritual rebirth or existential curiosity. I believe diving into meditative works of art that push us to ponder how we can strive to be better, more loving people is necessary in a day and age where political divides have become personal ones and seem unbridgeable. Over time, I plan to explore various viewpoints in this series, such as George Harrison's adoption of Hinduism reflected on his album All Things Must Pass, Madonna's reinvention as a Kabbalistic earth mother on Ray of Light, and Beyonce's retracing of her ethnic roots through African spiritism on Blackest King, just to name a few. But for this first essay, I'll bring to light an album that doesn't just denote a spiritual reckoning, but a political one. Marvin Gaye's What's Going On from 1971 is more relevant than ever, not only because it recently ranked at number one on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list, but because its call for unity, rebuke of greedy corporations and government, and PSA for the urgency of climate change can make us feel one of three things. Number one, the album could have been released yesterday. Number two, Marvin was a borderline psychic. Or number three, things just haven't changed all that much in the last half century. The album turns 50 this May, and though I plan to dissect the work from the perspective of its overarching themes, Various articles can be written regarding its legacy in the annals of popular music. For example, it completely revisioned the sound of R&B music, elevating the genre from its classic Motown doo-wop vibe to a sound of seraphic strings, plucky bass lines, and amorphous song structures. Being the beacon for 70s soul music, this sound would birth disco, which would then evolve into 80s post-disco and eventually lead us to what we'd know to be modern pop music. That's only a simplistic overview of the lineage of Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. You get the gist of this album's sonic significance. But today, I want to break down the album's deeper dissertations. Believe it or not, the seeds of this album were sown as far back as Marvin's childhood. So that's where we'll begin. Marvin Gaye's dad was a Pentecostal minister. So naturally, he was raised to have not just a belief in God, but a zealous one. The particular church Marvin was raised in was one that adhered to Hebrew Pentecostalism, which advocated stricter conduct than your run-of-the-mill Christianity, giving reverence to both Old Testament laws and New Testament teachings. His awareness as a boy was not only awakened by spiritual truths, but harsh ones, as his first home was in a public housing project. The neighborhood had buildings that had been described as, quote, small, in extensive disrepair, and lacked both electricity and running water. The alleys were full of one- and two-story shacks, and nearly every dwelling was overcrowded." So apart from faith in a higher being, he was also instilled with the knowledge that some just so happened to be less fortunate than others. That's why it's easy to imagine that the musings and songs like the closing track of the album began long before recording for the album even began. Money, we make it. For we see it, you take it. Inflation, no chance. To increase finance. Bills pile up sky high, send that boy off to die. 
Make Me Wanna Holler, The Way They Do My Life. Marvin Gaye, Inner City Blues, Make Me Wanna Holler. By the end of the 1960s, now a man just about 30, Marvin had fallen into a deep depression following a series of ruinous events, a fatal diagnosis and eventual death of his longtime singing partner, Tammy Terrell, the failure of his marriage, and troubles with substance abuse, the IRS, and of course, creative liberty over at his label, Motown Records. All of this led to Marvin attempting suicide in the solace of a Detroit apartment, only to be saved by the father of Motown Records executive, Barry Gordy. Marvin Gaye would attempt suicide two more times in his life after this, one even the very week of his murder at the hands of his minister father, Marvin Gaye Sr. But soon after this first attempt, Marvin found a new lease on life and aimed to live and create more purposefully. A few of the notable changes in his life at this time was that he attempted to pursue a deeper spirituality and even aimed to kickstart a new career in the NFL. He also began to reconsider the messages he wanted to convey in his songs. In an early 70s interview, he stated, quote, I began to reevaluate my whole concept of what I wanted my music to say. I was very much affected by letters my brother was sending me from Vietnam, as well as the social situation here at home. I realized that I had to put my own fantasies behind me if I wanted to write songs that would reach the souls of people. I wanted them to take a look at what was happening in the world." Unquote. The stress of the tumultuous times weighed heavy on other artists as well. Ronaldo Obi Benson of the Four Tops witnessed the extreme violence of the 1969 protests at Berkeley's People's Park, a day now known as Bloody Thursday. The police brutality directed towards anti-war protesters just seemed like violence begetting violence with no end in sight. Obi said, quote, I saw this and started wondering what was going on. What is happening here? One question led to another. Why are they sending kids far away from their families overseas? Why are they attacking their own kids in the street? Unquote. Obi put the despondency in his music and co-wrote and composed a song with Al Cleveland that conveyed these existential feelings. This song would become Marvin Gaye's hit, What's Going On. Obi originally offered the song to his bandmates of the Four Tops, but they all turned the song down. Obi said, quote, My parents told me it was a protest song. I said, no man, it's a love song, about love and understanding. I'm not protesting, I want to know what's going on, unquote. And luckily, he wasn't the only one. After showing the song to Marvin and convincing him it was ordained for him, Marvin completely refurbished the song by adding a new musical composition, a new melody, and new lyrics that reflected his personal discontent with the state of things. In Obi's words, Marvin enriched the song by having, quote, added some things that were more ghetto, more natural, which made it seem like a story and not a song. In the autobiography, My Brother Marvin, Frankie Gay recounted a time when he and Marvin came together to discuss his tenure at the war, and Marvin was moved to tears. Frankie recalls that afterwards, Marvin expressed, quote, I didn't know how to fight before, but now I think I do. I just have to do it my way. I'm not a painter, I'm not a poet, but I can do it with music. What's going on is the culmination and synthesis of Marvin's empathy, awakening, and longing for a better world. Track 1. What's Going On 
the album begins with the subtle greeting of two men, possibly running into each other. And then Marvin begins lamenting. Mother, mother, there's too many of you dying. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. Marvin looks upon the faces of his community from the perspective of a Vietnam veteran finally returning home and is moved to empathize with his suffering community. It's interesting to note that these expressions, mother, mother, brother, brother, father, father, are all various monikers for a higher power. Marvin simultaneously seems to be addressing not just those he's running into in his neighborhood, but a higher power who he hopes will listen to this cry within himself. For example, when he poses the question, who are they to judge us? He seems to indicate there's only one person who can. The song continues, picket lines and picket signs. Don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me so you can see what's going on. Though what's going on is deemed a protest song by many, the lyrics imply that simply talking with one another will lead to seeing. It pushes for more unity than for taking up arms. This longing for connection will be the thread of the whole album as Marvin seeks to connect with that which is both seen and unseen. This desire to connect undoubtedly came from the root of Marvin's psyche, as the second verse is a clear beckoning to his real-life father, whose contentious relationship would end in tragedy. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. War is not the answer, for only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. It's long been said that Motown Records wouldn't condone the song or album for its unconventional sound at the time. But it's also possible that a radical message from a black artist during such a menacious time would have been believed to only lead to controversy. Track 2, What's Happening Brother Serving as somewhat of a coda for the title track, What's Happening Brother transitions the dialogue from internal to external. Where What's Going On reads more as an inner prayer, this song is Marvin making the actual attempts to connect with those around him. The narrator has not only come back from Vietnam, but seems to be more enlightened than he was when he was last in his community, like an ethereal guru seeking to change things, an outsider looking in. Track 3, Flying High in the Friendly Sky In this song, there seems to be two narratives happening concurrently, as the lyrics are presented as a double entendre. On the one hand, Marvin sings he's flying high in the sky and is addressing God as he passes judgment to those around him, quote, who have laid their bodies down on the ground for being stupid-minded, unquote. His enlightenment seems to have caused a separation between him and those around him since he feels they can't see the things he can. The flip side to the narrative is that it can be seen from the viewpoint of some of those in his community who are, quote, flying high, but on account of hard drugs in order to escape the pain around them. This escapist interpretation presents a pseudo-spirituality opposed to what Marvin has found. He says he's hooked and goes, quote, crazy when he can't find it, unquote, which can refer to both the drugs or the love of God. He sings he's been, quote, hooked to the boy who makes slaves out of men, unquote, which simultaneously refers to your friendly neighborhood drug dealer or Jesus, as the Bible describes Christians as those who are slaves to righteousness, which only means bound to doing what's right. 
The song epitomizes the divide between Marvin, with his desire to make things right, and those in society who are apathetic. Track 4. Save the Children Marvin's prescience is impressive in this album, as this song is one of a few where he details his concerns of global warming, envisioning an apocalyptic world he wishes to avoid somehow. His feelings of ineptitude don't mask his disdain for those he judges who don't hear the call to action, claiming it's, quote, such a bad way to live, unquote. This song is probably the only one of its kind that exists, simply for the fact that it implies that loving your neighbor and a heart that wants to do right before God should result in an inevitable championing for the environment. Track 5, God is Love. As the most upbeat song on the album, he answers a lot of his own former questions by proclaiming that his faith in God and Jesus is the answer he's looking for, which ultimately show itself in, quote, giving each other love, unquote. It should be noted that though it's the song with the most pep on the album, it's also the shortest, probably by design, with only a minute and 41 seconds to its credit. Track 6, Mercy, Mercy Me. This song continues to exhibit Marvin's foresight of issues that have never been more relevant than they are in the 2020s, as he continues to mourn a world not yet foreseeable in 1971, one with irreparable damage to the climate, and as a result, all of life on earth and in the sea. He prays for mercy regarding man's abuse of this land, his protests regarding global warming, and his disquiet of overpopulation were way ahead of its time. Track 7, Right On. Marvin tackles socioeconomic issues linked to class and race in this song, with an encouragement to those who are doing their best to help others and to bridge the divide. Right On, he sings, and promises to take you to the place, quote, where love is king if you let him, unquote. Track 8, Holy, Holy. In this song, Marvin tells us more about that place where love is king, and it's a holy place, a holy, holy place, where everyone comes together and believes in one another and believes in Jesus, he says. He testifies that, quote, there's an awful lot to learn, unquote, from Jesus' teachings where we can conquer hate forever. Track 9, Inner City Blues, Make Me Wanna Holler. The last song is the least dreamy song on the album, exchanging the lulling sound of the preceding tracks with a determined sound that acts as the ultimate call to arms. Its lyrics rebuke corporations and government spending money on things like rockets as opposed to giving to those in need, and making choices that send boys off to die. This understanding of justice and altruism for those in need is what Marvin's beliefs gave to him. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow The Retrospective Perspective on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for all updates regarding new episodes and to join in on the conversation.